Welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast, a platform for women in agriculture, ranching, homesteading, and more to share their stories. I'm your host, Caitlin Dubin. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. Today you'll be hearing from me. Today is our AKA episode, Ask Caitlin Anything. So I put out the call on social media last week to ask me anything you wanted and I would answer your questions on air. I got questions sent in from Instagram, Facebook, the Rural Woman Podcast Community Group on Facebook. I even think I got one on Twitter. So I am answering all of your questions that you sent in. But before we get to today's episode, I will go over the review of the week. The review of the week comes from Julia R. Gulia over on Apple Podcast. It is titled A Really Great Show. The five-star rating and review says... This show is awesome. Fascinating female farmers telling their stories. Caitlin is a great host as she always asks great questions and I'm learning something new. Keep up the great work. Well, thank you so much, Julia, for your great rating and review over on Apple. And I would encourage you, if you are enjoying the show, make sure you leave a rating and review wherever you listen. This helps people find the podcast and puts us up in the rankings over on Apple. So thank you so much for everyone who's already left a rating and review. I always appreciate reading your kind words on air. And I also want to give a big shout out to Tiffany Duncan and Annabelle Morgan, who are our newest patrons of the podcast over on Patreon. With their help, we have reached 83% of our first goal. And I know I said on the last episode, I was hoping to get to 100. But you know what, I'm pretty happy with 83%. So thank you so much for joining the team over on Patreon, Tiffany and Annabelle. And if you're looking to support the Rural Woman podcast, make sure you head on over to wildrosefarmer.com where you can learn all about the different ways that you can support the show. And without further ado, let's get to your questions. Okay, the first question I'm going to draw out of the Rural Woman podcast hat is, it is from Jennifer Frolich. She asked this question in the Rural Woman podcast group over on Facebook. Uh, Jennifer asks, what were your biggest struggles as a new farmer? How did you overcome them? I know you've talked about this a little bit, but would love to hear any other thoughts. Thanks for the good, hard first question, Jennifer. Let's see. What were my biggest struggles as a new farmer? Well, I think it kind of all intertwined. So I got married and moved to the farm all at the same time. Justin and I lived together, I guess, part-time before we got married. But after we got married, it was full-time on the farm. It was in the dead of winter. And honestly, I did my best to try and be in town as much as I could instead of being on the farm. It was a hard adjustment. Um, once I kind, once the weather kind of warmed up and everything started to green up around here, it was a lot more enjoyable than being at the farm of the dead of winter. But one of the biggest struggles I think I haven't really shared about either on the podcast or on social media was not necessarily being a farmer, but being an, a daughter-in-law. Um, moving into a farm family is 
is more difficult than I realized. Um, I have a great mother-in-law and a lovely sister-in-law and my husband's aunts and uncles and cousins and everyone has been more than welcoming to me. But honestly, it is a big shift um, of family dynamic that I wasn't used to. So it is still an adjustment and it's still getting used to it. But um, I feel like we're all we're all doing better now. So, yeah, I think the biggest struggles for me was just location wise and being isolated and being a brand new daughter in law. That can be difficult all on its own, whether you're a farmer or not. So thanks for that hard question, Jennifer. Okay, back to the hat. Okay, this question is from Courtney DeHoff. It says, hi, Caitlin, what were some of the biggest challenges or craziest things you discovered about being a first-generation farmer? I was born into farming and ranching, but I love learning from first-time, but I love learning from first-timers because it helps me be a better agricultural advocate. Well, thank you for another hard question, Courtney. So um, biggest challenges or craziest things I discovered about being a farmer. So it was never my intention to ever be a farmer. I was marrying a farmer, but it was not something that I ever planned on doing. I worked uh, for I worked in the post-secondary education field before we got married, and it was never my plan or intention to leave there. I would was planning on working and helping out on the farm in the evenings and weekends if I could, but um, through more time being spent on the farm is what I, it's what I needed to really push me over the edge to become a crazy farmer. Um, I think for me, the craziest thing I discovered was my appreciation that I have for this lifestyle. It's something that I didn't really think about too much before I got married or any time before that, but it's the legacy that I think I found to be the most rewarding part of this lifestyle. So the legacy of my husband and his father and his grandfather on this land and his uncles and his aunt um, and his grandmother, all of the things and each hand that's touched it has made it a little bit more special. And I get a little weepy talking about this, but um I think for me, that's the craziest part for me and something that I never really even thought of when becoming a farmer. Like I just thought it was a lot of hard work and a lot of long hours, but uh, learning to appreciate the land and its legacy has been the craziest thing for me and something that I did not expect. So I don't know if that's the typical answer that you were looking for, Courtney, but um, yeah, that's kind of the biggest thing for me. All right. Next question from the hat. It is from Holly Smith. And I believe Holly sent this over on Instagram. So thanks, Holly. Um, what time do you get up in the morning? Well, this is a ever-changing answer. So typically, if I have it my way, I'll get up around 5 a.m., that is my favorite time to get up in the morning. Um, I feel like I get the most work done, especially for podcast stuff and internet stuff between 5 a.m. and 8 a.m. Uh, some of you know this about me, but I work part-time off of the farm. I got a part-time job at a gym the first winter of being a full-time farmer because after harvest was done, it was like, what on earth am I supposed to do? for the rest of the winter. So I got a job at the gym and uh, we open very early. So 
uh, the mornings that I work at the gym, I have to get up at 3.45 a.m. to get there uh, for opening. But I love it. I am definitely a morning person. Ask my husband after 8 p.m. I'm as grouchy as a bear. Sorry, Justin. <laughs> Next question from the hat. This question is from Annabelle Morgan. You guys know her as Montana Ranch Wife. She was on the podcast a few few episodes ago now. I don't even remember when now. Annabelle asks, who is your dream podcast guest? Well, that's a loaded question because I think every person I've talked to has been a dream so far. Um, Annabelle was my first interview that I've ever done face-to-face. So that was kind of a dream. I I would honestly prefer to do them face-to-face. I feel it's more comfortable and people seem to be a bit more relaxed, or at least Annabelle was. Um, my dream podcast guest. Honestly, I don't think I could just name one woman because I am incredibly inspired by each and every woman that I have interviewed and that I've reached out to interview. Um, Everybody has their own unique story and I've learned something from every single one of them. So I can't name a specific person. You're all my dream podcast guest. And if you're interested at all of being a guest on the podcast, I do have a application form over on wildroseformer.com. You can fill out the form there if you're interested in being a guest on the podcast or if there is a woman in agriculture that you would like to hear from, you can always nominate them to be on the podcast as well. And I will reach out to them to see if they would come and talk. Hey, all we'll get right back to our episode after a word from our sponsor. Nestled in the tree-filled mountains by Kootenai Lake in Nelson, British Columbia, KL Skin Naturals was founded in 2013 by owner Leah. KL Skin Naturals is known for their award-winning natural deodorant that I have personally been using since early 2017, and I can tell you from personal experience, it passes the farming test. You know what I'm talking about. I feel good knowing that the deodorant that I'm using is free from harsh chemicals and scents. All of their products are produced by hand from the very first measure to the very last label. Each recipe was worked, researched, perfected, and tested on family and friends who all agree that there's something unique to be offered in the effective products that Leah is making. Listeners of the Rural Woman podcast can save 10% off their order with promo code WILDROSE10. So head on over to klskindeodorant.com to choose from their wide selection of clean scented natural deodorants, plus other natural skincare products such as fresh aloe skin cream, foot butters, and more. And now back to our episode. And the next question comes from Shyla Richard. She is a member over at the Rural Woman Podcast community on Facebook, and she sent a question One word to describe you. Oh boy, one word. Physically describe me would be tall. (laughs) But one word that I would use to describe myself would be grateful. That's the word I'm going with. Good question, Shyla. You guys are really making me think here. Okay, next question from the hat. This question comes from Kelsey Jorison. She was also on the podcast and she's awesome. I went on holidays with her this summer too. 
Um, Kelsey asks, what is your opinion on the future of young farmers in Canada? Well, my opinion is that future farmers in Canada have a long road ahead of them, just as my husband and I do. Um, I think with the ever-changing everything, whether it is government or climate or consumer wants and needs, I think it is going to be one heck of a ride. Um, I just think about the, I think about how agriculture has changed so much, even since Justin's grandparents bought this land back in 1949, I think it was, and just the changes that it's seen since then and what the next 70 years is going to look like for us is it's pretty incredible and I feel like I've said this before and it's been said many times before that farmers are the eternal optimists Um, we are typically handed some pretty rough cards sometimes and we just keep on trucking and it is it is an honor to be a farmer and I think that young people in Canada have great opportunities ahead of them if they would like to get into agriculture. And I hope that we can be a part of that and help some future farmers. Um, One thing I want to mention on here is the Young Agrarians Association in Canada. I'm unaware if the Young Agrarians actually has a chapter in the U.S. or not, but Young Agrarians is a organization in Canada that helps young people connect with farms. So whether they are looking to become farmers or work on a farm um, and there are people looking to hand off their farms to the next generation and they don't have anybody in their family or know of anybody that's looking, um, the Young Agrarians can help them out. We actually hired an apprentice three years ago now Um, through the Young Agrarians, and he was an amazing person to have on our farm, and we were lucky to have him. And yeah, it's a great organization. And I know I had a podcast earlier with Ashley Armstrong, and we talked about this as well. But I will put a link in the show notes to the Young Agrarians so you guys can check it out if you're in Canada. And like I said, I'm not sure if they are in the US or not, but I'll put that in the show notes once I have all of my thoughts put together. (laughs) It might have been better to look at these questions before I did it, but I thought it's going to be more authentic if I just do it off the cusp here. So you're getting it all. Okay, another question from Holly Smith. Where did you go to school? Well, I was born and raised in southern Alberta. Um, I went to school in the same town um, from kindergarten all the way through college. So I went to college at Lethbridge College and I studied office administration and yeah, I am definitely not an office administrator anymore, but I did work at the college and university here in Lethbridge following uh, graduating. So that was a good opportunity for me. But yeah, I didn't go to school for agriculture. I knew nothing about agriculture. I just married one handsome farmer. Okay, next one. Another one from Shyla Richard. Biggest mistake you've made on the farm? Well, <laughs> I'm sure if you asked my husband, uh, our answers would be different. Hmm. Okay, so I don't know if I necessarily 
think of this as a mistake or not, but um, being a new farmer and an animal lover and all of the things, I think one of the mistakes that I've made as a farmer, and I don't know if, like I said, I don't know if it's a mistake or just my personality, but I get very attached to my livestock and I guess I treat them more as pets than they are livestock, but that is what they're for. My goats are typically sold for meat or they'll be used for breeding. Um, and then this year, obviously, I have a, a heifer calf and either she will be sold for breeding or um, she will be sold for meat. And <laughs> I get very emotional about this, but I think that's probably one of my rookie mistakes is naming them and scratching them behind the ear and all of the things. I'm, I'm not a typical farmer that way, but at the same time, I do feel like it's a typical farmer thing because I feel like most farmers and ranchers will, will love their animals just the way that I do and give them the best life possible until they're no good, very bad day. Um, one of the biggest rules that we have on the farm, um, and every time I'm left in a piece of equipment after my husband gives me the, the rules of what I'm supposed to be doing is don't hit anything and knock on wood. I haven't hit anything yet with a large piece of equipment. So I am pretty proud about that. Next one. This one's from Kelsey, uh, Kelsey Jorison again. How do you set boundaries and work through the family dynamics of marrying into a farm family? Well, let's bring up this elephant in the room again, shall we? Um, this part was hard and this part is still hard. Um, but one thing I guess that I can suggest in my very short time of being married into a farm family is, is setting boundaries earlier on is a lot easier than doing it later on. Um, let your husband know or your partner know what you're comfortable with. Um, talk to your in-laws and know that they're most likely not judging you. And I know it's hard and I know I've, I've felt like they, they have been and everything, but honestly, um, they know how hard it is too. And especially if your in-laws ever married into a farming family, I can almost guarantee that they have gone through similar feelings that you have. And I think blending any family, whether it's through marriage, um, whether you're becoming a daughter-in-law, son-in-law or anything like that, I think just the typical in-law relationship has never always been great. But um it's getting better. That's all I have to say. And I'm actually in the works of getting somebody on the podcast um, that deals with this kind of stuff and is helpful in, in family farming dynamics. So stay tuned for that. I feel like it's going to be like an on-air counseling session for me. <laughs> and uh, I hope it helps you guys too. But um, I think another thing that kind of helps me is is knowing that I'm not alone in these situations with uh, family dynamics and that kind of thing. So I have really found a community and been able to talk to some friends about just how their family dynamics work and what works for them and what doesn't work for them. And just knowing that I'm not alone in these hard situations. So, okay. Another one from Shyla. 
if you had unlimited money, would you still farm? And if so, what would you farm? This is a funny question because I've often had this conversation with Justin before. And I said, honey, if we won the lottery, would we still be farmers? And his response is, if we won the lottery, we would still farm, but we would farm a lot nicer. So (laughs) meaning that maybe we would have some equipment that is a few years newer, but uh, it will be a frosty day down south uh, the day that he buys a brand new tractor because, you know, you could probably find a better deal on one that's slightly used instead. But if I had all of the money in the world, yes, I would probably still farm. I enjoy the lifestyle that it provides for my husband and I. Um, I think so if I had unlimited money and unlimited say of what we would do on our farm, I believe like I would leave the crop farming to him still, but I would probably have a nice little hobby farm where I would have a insulated barn where I could keep as many goats and bottle calves and other critters all year round. And that's what I would do. I would just go outside and pet all the goats and feed all the bottles to the calves. And I would probably hire somebody to scoop all of their poop. And that is what my ideal farm would look like. (laughs) So basically, whatever kind of fuzzy critter they had at the auction, I would probably bring home with me. Okay, another question from Annabelle. If you could only do one more podcast forever, what subject would you talk about? That's a good question. I think the subject that I would talk about would be probably mental health and agriculture, which can seem kind of like a downer sometimes. And I know if you haven't struggled or know somebody that struggled with mental health, it's probably not overly helpful for you to hear all the time. But I don't think I know anybody who has never struggled with mental health or has known somebody that struggled with mental health. So that would probably be the one that I would talk about the most is because I feel like it's probably one of the most important subjects that we can talk about to let people who are struggling know that they are not alone in their struggles. And yeah, I think that's probably some of the more important conversations I've had on here. And I always am up for talking about mental health. Okay, Shyla, here's another question from you. My least favorite farm job. Well, scooping the poop from Rudy's goat shack is not a whole heck of a lot of fun. Dealing with any type of manure, whether that's manure for our compost rolls or like I said, shoveling it from the shack. It's no good. No good at all. Okay, I think this is the last one from Kelsey. Um, What do you do with your slow season times? Well, last year, my slow season time, I focused on learning how to make a podcast. So I feel like that was productive, but a lot of times um, it's just a time for us to kind of relax and slow down. We still have work to do during the slow times. So getting our guys organized and fixing equipment and I help where I can. Um, But I also have my off the farm job and yeah, 
this season, I will be doing more podcast stuff. So that will be exciting. Okay. This one comes from Dr. Marissa Hake, the veal vet, which you heard a few episodes ago. And her question is boxers or briefs? And now I assume she's not asking if I wear boxers or briefs, if I like what I like better, I guess. Um, a mix. I don't, I don't know if I'm very biased. Like boxer briefs are good. Like the hybrid, the mix. How's that for you, Marissa? I want to know what your, what your preference is there. Holly Smith. What is one thing you wish everyone understood about you? I think the one thing I wish everyone understood about me was that I am actually quite introverted. Um, and it's funny for me to say this as I'm talking into a microphone to be broadcast for thousands of people. But um, I would describe myself as an introverted extrovert. So I love being around people and I love talking and connecting with people. But I, on the flip side, after I've connected and talked to everybody, I definitely need to go home and relax and just kind of clear my mind. And yeah, that is definitely something that's important to me. Have you been loving the Rural Woman podcast? Are you wondering how you can support the show? Well, friend, I'm happy to announce that I've recently joined Patreon. What is Patreon? Well, it's a membership-based platform that provides a simple way for you to contribute to the Rural Woman podcast every month and get exclusive rewards in return. Memberships start as low as $2 a month. Seriously, that's less than your grande, skinny, extra hot caramel macchiato with whip. Wondering what the rewards are? Well, they include promo codes for Shop Wild Rose Farmer, draws for the Rural Woman podcast merchandise, shoutouts on the show, and more. Your financial support of the Rural Woman podcast will help make it possible for the stories of women in agriculture to continue to be shared. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to find out more information about how you can become a patron through Patreon. Katie Flanagan asks, what do you think your farm will look like in five to 10 years? Well, we are always looking to expand as much as around here. That's quite difficult. Land is expensive and it's you're pretty much locked in, but um, always looking to expand for more land. I'm hoping that we are still able to be certified organic. That is something that is important to my husband and I, and it's been a lot of work getting here. And knock on wood, that is something that we still are in five to 10 years. Uh, Family-wise, obviously hope to start a family of our own. Um, but yeah, five to 10 years. Maybe I'll win the lottery and I'll get myself a little funny farm. That would be okay too. Um and just obviously improving soil health. And hopefully we can still be educating people on where their food comes from. That's always good too. Okay. Um, I have a couple more left. I was only going to answer a certain few, but we'll just go. We'll go for them all. Okay. This question comes from Travis-Navera-Siler. This comes from uh, the Wild Rose Farmer Facebook page. And the question is to nominate someone for the podcast, it asks for your social media handle slash website. 
Is this only for high traffic accounts or can it be just our own personal accounts? That is a good question. Um, it can be your own personal one, or if I guess you have a separate one for your farm that you advertise on, then it can be for that. And I don't ever want that question to be a deterrent for anybody to nominate somebody or to say that you want to be on the podcast yourself. Uh, the only reason I ask for your social media handles or your website is more or less if I don't follow you already. I just want to learn more about you and what about you do on your farm, uh, what you'd like to share about on the podcast, that kind of thing. Um, I think we can all kind of get stuck in our own heads sometimes about the number of followers you might have or what your website looks like compared to somebody else's website. Um, for me, I guess this has been kind of on my mind recently within probably the last month or so. Um, the number of followers on your Instagram page or Twitter or your your Facebook account honestly does not matter to me. And I really hope it doesn't matter to you because at the end of the day, it does not matter how many people you have liking you or following you. I think the connection that you make with people is something that is much more important than the number beside your name will ever be. Yeah, it's a, it's a touchy subject for me right now, um, more or less, because I just feel like in a world where we're so consumed by likes and follows and the glitz and glam of Insta fame or whatever it is, people lose connection with for me, what I started this journey out to do, and it was to connect with other people in agriculture because agriculture can be a really, really lonely place and isolating. And this is where the mental health thing rears its ugly head. And I think now more than ever, it's important to be connecting with other people in agriculture to know that they're not alone, as well as, you know, we are sharing our lives and sharing what we're doing on our farm to help spread what is actually happening on farms and in agriculture versus what other people read on the internet. So the long answer to this question is uh, it doesn't matter what your social media handle is or if you have a website or if you have any of it. Um, you're always more than welcome to put your name in the hat for um, being on the Rural Woman podcast, um, like I said before, your your numbers don't matter to me, and I hope they don't matter to you that much either. So, all right, let's answer one more. Okay, this one, again, is from Holly Smith, and it says, why a podcast? Not a hater. I'm so happy that you're doing this. Well, thank you, Holly. I, I'm glad you're not a hater of the podcast, or I would question why you're sending in me, sending a question in, but... <laughs> Um, why a podcast? So if you head on back to episode number one, you kind of heard this story already. But for me, why a podcast? So I was sitting on a tractor last summer and I was watching Instagram stories while I was driving. Don't tell my husband, but I was listening and watching people's stories and just all of the different things I would click from one was a rancher next to one was a homesteader and then next was a farm wife and all of these things and everybody had their own unique story and I just thought like how incredibly insane is this that each and every one of us has a part in agriculture but everything is so different 
but it all works together at the same time. Like each and every job is so important. And I just thought that these stories needed to be shared to a wider audience, not just however many followers these people had on Instagram and what could I do to help share these inspiring stories. So I'm sitting there thinking, well, I could just share these Instagram stories with everybody, but my reach only goes so far and, you know, does it tell the whole story of these people? But, and then I kind of thought, well, I really like listening to podcasts and I'm going to be super honest with you right now. And there might be other podcasters listening to me and please don't take it personally, but um, I, I hadn't found an agriculture podcast that I really enjoyed listening to, like on a consistent basis. Like if there were people who I knew that were on a podcast, yeah, I would go listen to them. But like to discover new and different people through agriculture, like I hadn't found one yet. And mind you, like I didn't search super far and wide. Like I know so many more podcasts now than I ever did. But anyways, so I thought, well, what's it look like to start a podcast? So I Googled, just like I do everything, how do you start a podcast? And there was the 10 simple steps of starting a podcast. So read through that and thought, well, that doesn't sound simple at all, but uh, let's see what I can do. So I believe it was, I don't know, it could have been July or August of 2018. So a year ago now. And I honestly struggled and toyed with it back and forth. I talked to my husband about it. I was like, I think I want to start a podcast. And he said, I think you're crazy. And though I agree with him, um, it was, and he said, like, it's, it's going to be a lot of work. And I said, yeah, I know. But I think, I think these stories are worth the work. And it is, it's definitely has been worth all of the hard work and effort that has gone into producing, recording and getting this podcast out there. And honestly, I can't, I I didn't know if anybody was going to listen to this. And I am so thankful and grateful that you all have tuned in um, to the last 21, 22 episodes. And I, yeah, I never dreamed it would go this far. I could probably ramble on on this subject forever, but I will, I will spare you. Um, But yeah, that's kind of why I wanted to start the podcast is there wasn't really anything that I had found that spoke to me in a way that I needed to be spoken to. And I just wanted to hear all of these women's stories and I wanted to share them with you. And that's how it kind of got started. And this is where we're going from here. So you may have noticed over the last few weeks that um, the episodes have started coming out every other week. And I have to tell you that it will probably be like that until the end of Harvest 2019. I know there could be some boos and hisses and whatever else I can put in the sound effects here if you'd like. But just for me and my family, this is what's going to work for us and our operation. So I am going to try and get as many episodes as I can to you over the next two months. But Harvest is always a lot of work and a lot of hours put in. But I am so grateful and thankful that you have all tuned in this far and keep on tuning in each and every week. And I am excited to get Harvest done for the obvious reasons, but also so I can get back in this recording studio, also known as the cold spare bedroom in our house and continue to share the good word of the females in agriculture. So thank you so much for everyone who sent in their questions. I'm going to do a draw 
um, from everybody who sent in their questions. So you can also win one of these Deep Roots Rural Woman podcast hats that I drew your questions out of. So you can have one too. So I will contact you through a DM and you will have your own fancy podcast hat. And if you would like a Rural Woman podcast hat, you can always head over to wildrosefarmer.com and head up shop Wild Rose Farmer and anything purchased from the shop directly supports the Rural Woman podcast so we can continue to be up on the world wide web. So thank you again so much for tuning in to this week's episode and I can't wait to talk to you guys again soon. Hey, have you been over to shop Wild Rose Farmer lately? There are so many new great t-shirts, tank tops, stickers, and more. There's even official Rural Woman podcast gear now, including great t-shirts and hats. Feel good knowing when you're shopping on Shop Wild Rose Farmer, you directly support the Rural Woman podcast. And don't forget, members of the Wild Rose Farmer community save 20% off their first purchase. So head on over to wildrosefarmer.com for all of the details. And happy shopping, y'all! Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast. For show notes, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com. You can stay connected with me on Instagram at wildrosefarmer. If you love the show, make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Plus, share it with a friend. We'll see you next time.